are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, July 2nd, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and a couple interesting stories to bring this week to a close for us. Full transparency. We will be off on Monday, which means you will next be hearing Locked on Dolphins after today on Tuesday for the latest edition of Power to the Pot. So make sure you spend a little time this holiday weekend cooking up some hot takes along with some burgers and dogs on the grill. And we will talk on Tuesday after today, but not before we first and foremost spotlight Maurice Jones-Drew, former NFL running back, went on Good Morning Football, and they had a segment that was dedicated to identifying some of the NFL's most versatile talents. And if I asked you from the jump to identify your most versatile talents in the NFL, maybe you'd say Tyron Matthew from the Kansas City Chiefs. It would be an excellent choice. Perhaps you want to point out Christian McCaffrey, who I believe has a 1,000-yard rushing and 1,000-yard receiving season under his belt in the same season. That kind of versatility is rare. But Maurice Jones-Drew went a different direction because he picked Miami Dolphins' second-round pick, Javon Holland, in the segment. Here's what he had to say. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins second-round pick, Javon Holland, out of the University of Oregon. Now, I coached him in high school, and this is why I brought him up, because he was our best DB and our best wide receiver at that point, but it was just high school. So then he goes to Oregon, dominates as a freshman, plays safety corner, as we see here, covering tight ends, inside linebacker, plays the nickel. They have him return kicks and punts. But then all of a sudden, there's this rumor out that if he had played in this 2020 season, that Oregon had a package for him offensively. Now, that's going to be like Charles Woodson-esque, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to get the ball in his hands. The Dolphins have talked about, and this is just me talking to some of their coaches and people within their organization, they have said he has just been tremendous down there, the knowledge of the game. They can put him everywhere. I can't wait for him to show his versatility this year. What beautiful music to your ears. And, of course, the Dolphins have shown with how they have chosen to onboard, if you will, rookies and new players from time to time, they are not afraid to slow play you, let you marinate. Noig Monogany is a great example of that. With He was forced into the lineup last year early due to injury, but it was quite clear when they let the dust settle, they wanted to let him, and they've since explained this this offseason between Gerald Alexander, Brian Flores, they wanted to let him focus on the basic fundamentals of playing corner in the NFL, and then we can worry about, okay, let's versati- let's build out your portfolio so we can focus on getting you on the field, which is apparently a point of emphasis this year that was not last year. Because they are. They're playing the long game. They're not afraid to keep you off the field and let you develop at a rate that is indicative of your individual abilities as a, a individual player on the team. So to hear Jones Drew say, I've been talking to coaches and people around the organization, and they have said that he has just been tremendous out there. The knowledge of the game, they can put him everywhere. 
Well, when the Dolphins cut Bobby McCain, it was, wow, they're really going to let him play free high, uh, single high free safety in the post, the high post, like what Bobby McCain did. But then the hypothesis became, well, they'll probably start him there, and then as he shows he's able to handle that, they'll put more on his plate because that's what they've done with a lot of players. If they feel this good about him now, that unlocks so much because it's what they wanted Minka Fitzpatrick to be before he took his ball and went home and cried about having to play in the box from time to time. If you get that out of Javon Holland, and he's not the best athlete in the world. He's a good athlete. He's a good athlete for the position. But he's not a rare four threes guy. But he's not going to have to be, especially if he's capable of playing everywhere. And with how physical he is, how good he was in the nickel, when they made the selection, that was what my original view for him was, was, wow, they're going to go three safeties, and they're going to let him play the nickel, and he's going to be a stud there. And then obviously they part ways with Bobby McCain. It's okay, they'll start him in single high free safety and let him build on from there. Jones Drew's comments make it sound like this is something we could see happen sooner rather than later. And that would be a massive win for the Dolphins. And if it goes well, and he plays to the, the football IQ that he has, you know, maybe he would, maybe this won't be a hot take for Maurice Jones Drew by the end of the year because he's physically capable of it. And if he's this far ahead on the mental side of things already, chef's kiss is the only way I can think to describe how excited I will be to see that free safety role, not be somebody who's asked to just play 15 yards off and be last line of defense, but somebody who can actively be a weapon in the defense. We've talked about this a little earlier this week too. You go through all the, the pain points that the Dolphins' defense had last year. They upgraded effectively every spot that was even a mild concern on the defensive side of the football. And we saw how good they were last year. Prime opportunity for Javon Holland. And it sounds like, at least based on Maurice Jones-Drew and the comments that he's had with people behind closed doors, it sounds like he's ready for it. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Had an interesting stat that came through, and I can honestly say I, I would like to think there's not too many statistics about the 2020 Dolphins that will surprise me. This one genuinely surprised me. It comes from NFL Next Gen Stats. It is the 2020 season among qualifying quarterbacks, the highest pressure evaded rate. This is defined by Next Gen Stats. Evade rate, percent of dropbacks, where the quarterback was under pressure during the play, but avoided pressure 
at the time of the throw. Tua Tungavailoa is second on this list only to Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. If you told me Josh Allen was on this list, I'd have thought of oh about all 20 plays from the first time the Dolphins played the Bills and said, yeah, that sounds about right. That checks out. Lamar Jackson is number three with 21%. Josh Allen, by the way, had 26.1% of his dropbacks. He evaded pressure. Lamar Jackson, second on this list, 21%. Kyler Murray at number four with 19.4%. All of these are very logical as far as Jackson and Murray are elite with their quickness. Allen is such a challenge in a one-on-one scenario because he is so big and so strong and he is athletic and his creative flair for the position really allowed him to create a lot of plays last year. Tua Tagovailoa second on this list. Here's the things that we knew. We knew Tua Tagovailoa was under a S ton of pressure for lack of better phrasing. But that almost makes the evade percentage even more impressive because it was 24.4%. So Tua, for all of the discussion, and, and I've said this myself, I don't think from a physical traits perspective, he's at the top of the list in any number of categories, whether it's arm strength or athleticism. He has always shined, going back to Alabama. And even after he had the tightrope procedure on his ankle, this was where I thought Tua was at his best. His footwork in the pocket. And this is one of those instances where you see that individual trait translate to the field. His ability to hit the top of his drop, get off of that platform, and climb the pocket or slide, and help by himself just enough time This has to be a translatable trait. This has to be a dynamic of his game that he is routinely shining at because he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He has a good arm when he's healthy. I thought he had an above-average arm for the NFL level before the hip injury at Alabama. Plenty of juice. He could push the ball down the field. Go watch Alabama in 2017 and tell me he can't push the ball down the field. Tell me he can't throw with velocity. So for Tua, this, this is an exciting feather in the cap of any and everybody who is pro Tua. And let's be honest, we're all Dolphins fans here. We all should be pro Tua. We should all hope this is the pathway that brings Miami to the point that everybody wants them to be. Maybe you didn't agree with the decision at the time. Maybe you're highly skeptical. Maybe you're sour because you like Justin Herbert and he went out and set the rookie touchdown record last year. But at the end of the day, if you're listening to this show, you are probably a Dolphins fan. And we are all in this boat together. And we should all be hoping and praying to the football gods that Tua Tagovailoa is what he was billed and advertised as that had so many people ready to risk it all or were willing to put their reputations on the line or in, in some people in the Dolphins' in, uh, specific T 
team perspective, their job's on the line for this to be the choice for Miami. This is a really encouraging statistic. 24.4%. Now, if he can keep that number high and the offensive line can get better in protection, now you're cooking with gas. Because now, if you see your pressure rate drop significantly and you're still able to make rushers miss at the same rate, you're going to get a lot more clean throws off. So that, in part, comes down to the offensive line performing better. But that, in part, also comes down to Tua Tungvaloa and making sure the offense is in the right play, making sure the protection is set correctly. There are a lot of people who point to sacks and pressures And in a lot of instances, they can suggest that that is a quarterback stat. I'm not ready to sit here and say that the volume of pressure that Tua Tungvaloa took last year was his own fault. Some of it was. Some of it was not executing your reads properly. Some of it was not working through your reads in a timely manner. Some of it was not being willing to take the check down quick enough, and you invited pressure. But those are the areas in which the pressure rate that he experiences he can improve upon. And then, of course, Austin Jackson. Gotta be better. Whoever takes left guard, I'm hoping Solomon Kinley. Gotta continue to develop. Whoever takes the center spot, be stout in the middle. Provide a firm anchor inside. I think it's important for that guy to play with a lot of anchor so that you don't have an offensive center who's getting walked back into the lap of your six-foot-tall quarterback. That's important because if you're in his lap, He's not going to be able to get into his throws. Robert Hunt, you should, you should be better inside. The Dolphins expect you to be better inside. Liam Eikenberg, you got to be better than Robert Hunt was last year. And Jesse Davis, when Jesse Davis took snaps at right tackle. It shouldn't be hard to be better with a full offseason and player development. If one of you guys is the same, but everybody improves marginally, to significantly, then let's go. Tua, now it's on you. Be better with the pre-snap process and keep up what you did in the post-snap to make that first defender miss. And the way he did that was not by being big and strong like Josh Allen, was not like being a 4-3 athlete like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. It's because the fundamentals and the footwork, which was one of the hallmarks of his tape at Alabama, and you saw it, in a lot of instances, particularly in the mesh point and getting out of play action passing and rollouts and all that kind of stuff this past year in 2020, more of the same. We need it. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit RockAuto.com for all of your auto parts needs, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar, which means it tastes delicious. You're talking about 
10 flavors to choose from, 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're high in protein and high in fiber, but they're simultaneously low in calories and low in sugar. So whether you need something to replace a meal throughout the day, you need a healthy snack, you need something that's keto-friendly, something post-workout, something to grab and go, you name it, Built Bar can be it. Right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Our final topic today comes courtesy of Underdog Fantasy. Hayden Winks released a graphic that is receiving yards versus man coverage in 2020. This comes courtesy of Sports Info Solutions' 2020 data. The coverage is charting. If the receivers faced cover one or cover two man, these were the snaps that were logged and accounted for. So pretty much how well could other teams simply say, we're going to man up one-on-one with you and dare your receivers to beat our corners in man-to-man coverage and have success. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? You might think you do. Do you want to know how Dolphins receivers measured in this exercise? Receiving yards versus cover one and cover two man in 2020. There's a trend line. The uh, two axes of this graph are receiving yards logged against cover one and cover two man and routes run against cover one and cover two man. For example, Stephon Diggs on less than 200 routes had over 700 yards of production against cover one and cover two man. The best Miami Dolphin is Devontae Parker against man-to-man coverage. He is in a bucket of production in those reps That includes names like Corey Davis, Chase Claypool, Terry McLaurin. It's good company to be in, but he also did not log receiving yards at the same rate. He saw a lot of cover one and cover two man. He ran over 150 routes against cover one and cover two man and logged just about 375 receiving yards on those reps. He's above the trend line, however, which it's, it kind of logs and showcases who are the guys who performed above or below average versus expectations relative to the entire body of work for all of these notable receivers. Devontae Parker was above average. He did not, however, log more receiving yards in those instances than Will Fuller, who logged about 425 yards. So he had about 50 more receiving yards than Devontae Parker, and he did so on approximately 130 routes, versus Devontae Parker was looking at about 165. So Will Fuller, quite comfortably, measures as the Dolphins' most productive player in these instances, which makes sense. Separation. He's very good at it. He can win vertically, so he's going to threaten you. He's going to force you to respect him over the top. You can't sit on his routes because he'll run right by you and he'll hit a home run. That's about the end of the good news for the Dolphins, however. 
you look at the rest of this graphic and you go all the way down to the bottom, all the way down to the bottom, guys that ran about 75, 80, 85, 90 reps against man-to-man, cover one or cover two. There are, there's a very clear divide and tier of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names that are below the trend line of expectation in that bottom tier. And of those eight names, you have three members of the Dolphins 2020 Miami Dolphins. Jakeem Grant, Lynn Bowden Jr., and Isaiah Ford. So if teams decided they wanted to play man on those receivers, they were among the least productive receivers in the NFL against man coverage. Isaiah Ford, Lynn Bowden Jr., Jakeem Grant. None of the group had more than 100 yards receiving, and each of the group ran between, let's call it, 80 to 85, 90 snaps against cover one, cover two man. That production is woefully bad. Woefully bad. Antonio Brown ran approximately the same volume of snaps as those guys and had like 250 yards in those instances. These guys couldn't crack 100 yards. So... That's a really good illustration. And, I mean, those are guys who played prominent snaps for the Dolphins. Jakeem Grant, Lynn Bowen Jr., Isaiah Ford. Will Fuller was not on the team last year. Devontae Parker comfortably head and shoulders the most productive receiver out of the Dolphins 2020 group. So, you hear a lot about the narrative of the supporting cast of Tua. There's a couple of stats here that should paint an encouraging picture because I guarantee you Albert Wilson, when he's healthy would not be amongst the bottom eight receivers on this chart for productivity in your receiving yards versus route runs against man coverage. He won't be Will Fuller, obviously a big addition. He had 425 receiving yards on somewhere around 130 routes run against man to man coverage in cover one and cover two. Jalen Waddell, it's a forecast, it's a projection, but you know what? I'm sitting here looking at this list, and I see Chase Claypool and Justin Jefferson on here as guys who were rookie last year, and T. Higgins, all different styles of play, right? Different kinds of receivers, but they're rookies who all performed comfortably above expectation versus the trend line for how many routes they got against those kinds of coverage. So you add Will Fuller to the mix. You add Jalen Waddle to the mix. You add Albert Wilson because it looks like he's going to be on the roster to the mix. Those three guys can push Lynn Bowden Jr., Isaiah Ford, and Jakeem Grant. And I'd like to see a defined role for Lynn Bowden Jr. I'd like to be very clear and transparent about that. But Isaiah Ford, hit the road. Jakeem Grant, as far as I'm concerned, don't let the door hit you on the way out as an offensive player. I have a lot of respect for what Keem's been able to do as a special teams player, but his entire body of work as an offensive player versus his cap hit 
not interested. You add those kinds of guys to the mix and replace these underperforming talents. And I think Limbo and Jr. has a, a really promising future ahead of him. He's just got to learn how to run routes, right? Like he was an option quarterback in Kentucky his last year at Kentucky. I'm not going to be too hard on the guy. So <laughs> that's a massive opportunity to A, prompt teams to get out of these kinds of coverages. And if they stay in these kinds of coverages, like somehow Stephon Diggs ran almost 200 routes against cover one and cover two man, which I know how it happened. It's because uh, of the rest of the Bills offense and they ran a lot of 10 personnel and you got Josh Allen. You're, you're trying to account for all the different things in the passing game that you have to, and you got to try and man him up. Because if you play zone, he's going to pick you apart. You'll never get home on him. And when you do, he's going to extend plays, which is why he was the number one quarterback last year in extending plays. So you take all that, and now you think about, okay, well, two is number two. And you got Devontae Parker, who is above average expectation. You got Will Fuller now coming into the mix, who was way more productive in receiving yardage on less snaps than what Devontae Parker was. You got Jalen Waddle. You got Albert Wilson coming back. And like, hopefully you can find some way to manufacture some of the same conflicts. And if you do, nobody's going to touch what Stephon Diggs did last year. Or at least I would assume they're not. But you can put the opposing defenses in much more conflicts. And when you talk about the supporting cast of the Dolphins being better, these are specific examples of how and why it was a problem and how and why the talents and the skill sets of the players who have been brought in now can help to change the dynamics of the offense. I hope you have a great weekend. And I'm thankful, as always, for each and every one of you carving some time out of your day to listen to Locked On Dolphins. I hope you enjoy your long weekend. Have a great afternoon. Have a great fourth. If you're overseas, listen, I apologize for being off on Monday. But we will be back on Tuesday, and I hope you have a great weekend yourself. Uh, power to the pot on Tuesday. Make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Have a great, great afternoon and a great weekend.